When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Today, I'm in here with somebody who's a very, very uh, big part of the Texas music scene and beyond. My man, Half Pine Films, in yes, the building. Sir. Finally, man. Finally, we're tapping in. Finally, we're tapping in. You've been grinding for a long time. So, you, yeah. you realistically, you probably could have got this interview like three, four years ago at the height of the... Hey, I remember like three years ago, I had made a post. I had made a post and was like, everybody tag Adam22, tell him I need a No Jumper interview. Oh, this was like the day after you posted, don't tag, don't tag me and telling people to tag me. I hate that. I was like, that's funny. I used to really get annoyed by that. And now I'm just, it don't, matter it don't really bother me. But I used to like wake up in the morning and look at my comments and I'd have 80 comments, hundred comments, a thousand comments, whatever saying like yeah. interview so-and-so. And I would just get annoyed. And as I've got deeper in the game, I just kind of whatever. Like, yeah. Let them live. Uh, but, man, you're you're a big part of uh, what's been going on in Texas for however many years. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that this kind of got initiated because you got name dropped on the Tony Wilrich episode, right? Absolutely. Shout out Tony, man. Shout out my man Tony, the realist Show. in the game. But we'll get to all that. Yeah. So uh, give me a little bit of information about what kind of kid you were and what your uh, early days as a kid were like. Uh, grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. Um um, I don't have the same struggle story as everybody else. I was a, uh, I was a little, I was a little, little dancing kid. I was, I came up um, playing basketball, and when I got to high school, I started uh, jerking the jerk movement. Even in was, Texas, that it carried oh, over to yeah. there. Wow, I didn't even know that. Definitely, I was, I was a heavily LA influenced kid because I used to just watch like them P Rangers and jerking cruises like that so that's what i that's how i picked up the camera wow. i started doing jerking videos and that was just common in your high school was there other people no. into it hell no i mean yeah me and my friends really that's just me and my friends like five of us okay and were you interested in texas hip-hop at the time oh or? yeah okay oh yeah yeah yeah. what was sure. popping at that time at that time that's like 2009 2010 we had young nation okay young nation was huge um who else was big around that time fat pimp mm-hmm. um in Houston, Riff 2000, Raff. Riff Raff, yeah, yeah, nah, <laughs> I mean, for the show Riff Raff. It might have been like 2011 or something, yeah. but he kind of nah, took I was on that Riff Raff tough. Me too. I was on that Riff Raff real tough. Nobody's allowed to treat him like a joke. He's the f- man. Dude. Oh, yeah, I love Riff Raff. Yeah. show Burberry Lemonade Squad. <laughs> okay, weird Riff Raff tale is that one time I met him, and there was a song lyric that we used to always quote which was grind like a grizzly in my house walt disney yeah <laughs> and i when i first met riffraff i said to him I'm, i go this is like my lyric it's my favorite lyric ever but what the f- does grind like a grizzly mean and he said well you, you remember the jungle book and i'm like not really because i was a little kid last time i seen it and he's like well the bear is grinding his back against the trees to like itch his back and last night i'm sitting there with my kid watching the jungle book and i saw that and it brought back these memories of him saying that to me yeah so. you would think riffraff saying some he don't know what he's talking about, and it, yeah, and it'll make confirm. complete sense, yeah. <laughs> or it might actually not make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Panda Panda Express colored bends and 
It's like, <laughs> hey, that makes sense. What, what color is that? Red and yellow. <laughs> yeah, red. Yeah. The Panda Express logo. It's not like orange chicken. <laughs> I don't know. But um, okay, so you were you were kind of on that wave. But uh, were you thinking about shooting videos, or what was your like? What were you aspiring to do with yourself at that time? Um, like a, a couple months after I picked up the camera, I knew I wanted to do music videos. My big brother was a rapper, um, so he was like one of my first early test subjects. Just like, just like the first thing I did was like, just record him like rapping a song and just trying to line up the music with the video and shit mm. like that. That was interesting. Little challenges like yeah. that when you first get in the game. Yeah, on, on Windows Movie Maker. Right. Yeah. God, that must be a nightmare having to go through the song and just find the little chunks where they're actually mouthing the words properly. <laughs> and that, that's one thing I never did. I edited a lot of different types of videos, yeah. but never a music video. Now nah, it's it's a lot easier these days because you could just got, you just got stuff that just uh, connected the AI and stuff like that. It really? just connected right to the it'll match the words with the mouth and, immediately. And is that something that like most people who shoot videos are using these days? I'm pr I'm pretty sure they do. Wow. If you're stupid if you're not. That's super Wasting interesting. Time. I never thought about that. Okay, I got to get on. <laughs> but uh, okay, so you were shooting little videos for your for your brother and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what was when did it become obvious to you that this is something you really wanted to do? And who who were you influenced by or looking at at the time? Um, as far as camera work, I really when I grew, I didn't have no influences like that. The only person I just liked like that coming from Texas was Mr. Boomtown. Okay, he was out there, but I didn't really just have no big influence on somebody that just made me do it like that i just picked it up and because i feel like every city in america has like at least a couple of different videographers who kind of came up out of nothing on social media mm -hmm. serving the people in their city like yeah nah, you know, i was the first one out well, of texas in particular um like that just on some on some viral yeah we had videographers out there like jeff adair and um Kang Bear. But building your Dr. own platform T is kind of like its own separate exactly. challenge. Exactly. I was the first one to have to like my own YouTube channel and like right. a, a hub for people to come to the, mm -hmm. for music videos. Like that. Right. Definitely. So did you start the channel like real early on? What year did you start it? 2012. Okay. I started shooting music videos 2010. And uh, yeah, so 2012, I started my channel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, did it? Did you start getting work with other artists right away, or how long did that take? Um, yeah, I mean, I was I always was pretty connected into the rap, so or people I knew was coming up trying to rap. So, um, I ain't gonna say I was getting paid at first. Mm -hmm. I came up doing a lot of free or cheap videos. I'm talking like fifty dollars. Stuff like that when I first started. So right, because I seen a quote from you that said like it took you five years to start making money or to break even yes. on the game. Yes. Why? Why? Why were you so dedicated to it that you were willing to put in those years of work for free? Um, I ain't had. I ain't know I'd do nothing else. Mm. That's all I knew was the camera, and I had that. That's what I spent my high school years learning and learning how to edit and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. How long did it take before you started landing yourself in some sketchy situations? Because when I think about Texas. It's a lot of a lot of cowboys out there who are uh, <laughs> ready for whatever. And I feel like um, that was that like your clientele, the gangster ass rappers early on. Oh yeah, but that was way before gangster rap was even like a scene in Texas. Mm. So once the gangster rappers started emerging, I was already their cameraman. So that's how you know what I'm saying we all built our buzz together. Right. 
Okay, so when you were younger, the scene didn't have as much of a street influence? Oh, no, it was a dancing city. Mm. We had a lot of dance music. Dance music was the only thing that was popping out of the DFW. Right. Do you think this was like the Chicago influence in terms of people taking their street and bringing it to the music? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. Chicago and Boosie. <laughs> Just Boosie Bo- in general. Boosie yeah. was a huge influence. Pretty much anybody you ask from Texas is going to say Boosie was an influence for them, for sure. Okay. And he's definitely somebody. A street nigga. At that time, he wasn't scared to put his beef in the music. Exactly. Right. He was one of the first person I seen putting real guns in the video and shit like that, too, even before Chief Keith. Right. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's real. But so, okay, who was the first artist that really took off on your channel? Was it Go Yeah? Go Yeah, yo. Really? Yep. And what year was this? That's 2015, the very end of 2015. I guess, yeah, I, I started Go Yeah around like maybe 2016, 2017. Uh-huh. I heard some songs and was was feeling it. So yeah. what was that relationship like? How'd you, how'd See, you tap knew, in with him? I knew Yayo before, like I said, from just, you know what I'm saying? He's one of the street niggas that I just came up with. And once he caught his buzz, I caught mine. But I knew him from high school. But he's like three, four years younger than me. So he was like the bad kid that was always coming up. Because we had the ninth grade campus and we had the big high school. He was the kid from the ninth grade campus coming up to the big high school. He ain't supposed to be up here type shit. Okay. So that's how I met Yayo. Right. And so like his shit starts taking off. And did that really impact your channel? Because all of a sudden you got videos in your channel. Yeah, they get that, millions of views. People are looking at you like, oh, he can actually make me a thing. Absolutely. So luckily when they started, like Yayo, he was never like computer savvy or nothing like that. He ain't know, he ain't know nothing about uploading no videos. So mm-hmm. have I upload that shit on your channel? Bet. I uploaded on my channel. That shit started taking off. I, like my channel probably had, I probably had, 1200 subscribers at that time yeah but music videos are like a great way to get a lot of views on your channel or, oh, yeah. or, or to get a lot of subscribers i always notice that like world star lyrical lemonade like channels that are mostly built on viral music videos mm-hmm. just end up having like you know 20 million subscribers yeah, whereas the, the 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 artist fan base that's where they come to look for them. So they right. all subscribing. And they'll watch the same video a oh, yeah. hundred times. And the next person's video. Yeah. That's why they come to me because I, you might, after Go Yayo video go off, yours might come on. So, right. you know, they trying to catch that algorithm. Yeah. It's also like a no jumper or an academics or a Vlad primarily only appeals to people who speak English. <laughs> and it's like if, if you're Cole Bennett and you have a channel full of these viral videos from Juice World and Polo G and all these people, yeah. that shit does not, that crosses the language barrier right. easy. Like exactly, yeah, exactly. Definitely. Okay, so uh, the Goyeo start, shit starts cracking off. Were you like a part of his team or his movement or like how much did you attach yourself to all that? Oh, man, yeah, I was, we was like this, hand in hand. Um, yeah, when he first started his movement, Hood Fame, um, we was, I was the, it was me and his his cousin, uh, nephew world it was the other cameraman, but yeah, we was intertwined. I was really the only cameraman they was using and stuff like that. Right, definitely. And so, I mean, like, what 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 went wrong with Go Yale? It felt like he he kind of like made enemies in the local scene, and like maybe at some point kind of lost momentum. Like, what what would you blame that for? Um, Obviously, he's been locked up for a few years now, which yeah. is his current issue. Yeah, he'd be home soon. But um, um, yeah, just not knowing when to stop beefing but i guess you can't just stop beefing mm. out of nowhere but he he the beef is what got him the buzz so it just kept going and then you know beef don't 
People don't want to book you for shows. It messes up the money. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he was, I don't know, just a lot of beef, not making the right moves, stuff like that. I'm a fan of Sauce Walker and Peso Peso's hit song, Ho Gayo. Mm-hmm. And I feel kind of bad whenever I'm like rapping along to it because yeah. it's a go, a go Yayo diss and I have no reason to she, diss him. Yayo might rap that hoe with you. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He he loved, he, I think there's more go Yayo diss songs in Texas than than anything. Who else got some good ones? Um, <laughs> Spud Boom. Um, who else got some good Yayo disses? There's <laughs> mm. some good, there's some good Yayo disses out there. Wait, he, tell you, he like them too. You think he was just feeling himself at, at a young age, and that just kind of like turned a lot of people against him? I can't. I mean, yeah, he he's a, just a cocky young nigga. Period. Mm. So he is. He even when he had nothing, he was feeling himself. So yeah, I, I, if you once you meet him and be around him, you can see how he can get under people's skin. But if you know him well, like I do, you just brush that shit off type shit. Yeah, I've been around him, but I guess not enough to see the annoying side of him, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and so did that kind of start to change things where all of a sudden the beef became a bigger factor and what was making music popular in Texas? Did that kind of change the whole climate? Um, yeah, it did. That was, that was like the beginning of it, but we also had artists that was popping out that didn't have nothing to do with no beef that was you know what I'm saying? They was catching their buzz, mm-hmm. which was like Yellow Beezy, right. Mo 3 at the time. Yeah. They, they wasn't no beef. Uh, For a time. At the time. <laughs> yeah. There was no beef intertwined in their mix. Right. It was just good music. So, okay, who who came after uh, Go Yeah? Was it Yellow Beezy that you kind of tapped Go Yeah, yo. I mean, once once that popped, you already had Mo 3 over here, Yellow Beezy over here. Um, you got Hood Fame, Lil Runny, that's Go Yeah's right-hand man, uh-huh. Lil Runny, Mother F. Um Man, uh, the whole just the whole city started popping off after that. It was just a, a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. And so, who'd you shoot music videos for first? BZ, right? Or was it Mo3? out of them two? Yeah, out of out of BZ and Mo Three. Yeah, um, BZ for sure. Right. I only shot one video for Mo Three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've only shot one video for Mo Three, but BZ, um, I've been working with him since two thousand thirteen. 2013. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how early on did you shoot the That's On Me video? Because that, that's your biggest video. Was it was like 100 yeah, million something videos. Video. Yep. Um, that was um 2000. Damn, when was that? 2017, 18, maybe? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a little later in the game. 2018, maybe. I remember 2016 or 2017, I got booked to host a festival in Florida, and Yellow Beezy came out, and I did not know who the fuck he was, and he yeah. was just going nuts. Like yeah. the the crowd was going crazy for him, and yeah. I didn't realize how how big his shit had gotten yeah, at that point. I was man, some we've never seen before. Really? Yeah, out of Dallas, it was something we never seen before. Right. And so, okay, did you only shoot one video from 03 because of the tension that ended up cracking off between them? or Nah, he just always had his own route. He had his own cameraman. Shout out Prophecy. Mm-hmm. Cole. Uh, he had his own cameraman. He used his own channel. It was just, I don't know, that's just the route he took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird for you. Like, if you shoot a music video for somebody early on in their career, are you kind of, like, expecting them to keep fucking with you as their career goes on? Yeah, that's a big mistake. What, fucking with other people? Or nah, just... Cutting you out of it? Yeah, just thinking that 
they just gonna keep you in the picture type shit like right. that. Like, nah, that's nah, that ain't how it work. Right, because you want it to be like that. Even with me, it was interviewer. You mm-hmm. kind of think like, oh, I guess this guy's Once first. Once the labels interview. get involved, yeah, over with. Right, because you you benefit from like you've been around for such a long time, and in the early days of your career, it was pretty normal for a rapper, even if they were popping to put their video on your channel. Right. And then as they get bigger, that becomes more and more difficult to get them to do. So yep. ha- have you had to start shooting a lot more videos for other people's channels and shit? Um, I really, I kind of, um, I kind of stay away from like the, the bigger artist type shit, unless they got, Something for me because I know it's not gonna mm-hmm. benefit me none no more. Cause the the first competitor I had was World Star. Yeah. Once motherfuckers start getting the buzz, then World Star start reaching out like, "Hey, we want to drop your video." Yeah. I'm like, damn, nigga, this is my video. This is my content. I want it on my shit. That's where me and a lot of artists start having our start first riffs. I start arguments. Yeah. Boy, I start dissing World Star and all type of shit. I was going at them. I. This is my artist. <laughs> right. Because back in the day, they were pretty fucking uh, aggressive with that shit. Oh, yeah. As soon remember, as a motherfucker started popping, they, hey. Right. I remember seeing, like, the YB and Amir rubbing off the paint video. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two days later, it's on Worldstar. And it mm-hmm. fucking blew up from there. Which is, it's kind of weird because it, it, I'm sure it helped it blow up. But at the same time, like, if if the song is blowing up on its own, you don't really need it's, Worldstar. It's going to go. It's going to go. And especially now, it really doesn't seem like you need Worldstar. Correct. I mean, I'm sure they still sometimes get videos to go viral. But I will forever see videos now on Worldstar. They got... 3,000 views Type after shit. a couple of days, and I'm like, this shit right. ain't really, right. it ain't moving nothing. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so you're, from your perspective, it needs to be like a significant budget in order for you to shoot somebody's shit for, uh, for their channel, but meanwhile, you're down to fuck with like a smaller artist or a smaller budget if it's going on your channel? Yeah. I work, I'll, I'll be working with, with smaller artist budgets and stuff like that for sure, all the time, mm. all the time. How'd you, how'd you become Half Pint Films? Where'd the Half Pint come from? Half Pint been my name since I was born. Really? I was a small, I was a small kid. Oh, Like, okay. real small. Like, so, I guess my daddy gave me that name. I, don't, I really can't tell you where it came from other than I was just small. So, I don't know. I just grew up Half Pint. That's all I ever knew. Did people get a lot of good jokes as a result of the name? Not good ones. Everybody <laughs> say, like, now I grown up, people always, oh, you a full pint now? Like, oh, yeah. that's not, I've heard that a million times already. That's what I was thinking. If I was going <laughs> to diss you, I'd be like, you a half pint. I'm the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. Like that, right? Yeah, nah. They tried that already. <laughs> okay. But uh, you said that you never made money off your channel, right? Like, so is that just because all the songs get claimed by the artist or the label right away? Yeah, I wish that was the problem. Uh, nah, back in 2012 when I started my channel, this is around the time that Google AdSense first started. Mm-hmm. They put that shit on my channel. I figured out that from clicking the ads and stuff <laughs> like that is how you get paid. Wow. So my dumb ass on there clicking the ads mm. consistently myself. So they flagged me for invalid click activity. And it's been like that ever since. For 10 years? 10 years. So if you know somebody at YouTube, tell them holler at me. I, I'm sorry. Please re-monetize my channel. Holy shit. Damn, that's a that's a Never made a situation. dollar off YouTube. Wow. With a 1.4 million subscribers. That didn't make you want to start a different channel and maybe have a I fresh I tried show? that. And it was the same shit? It was too, nah, it was too deep in the, in the game. Nobody 
wanted to be on my new channel because mm -hmm. I already got this channel popping. They like, yeah. shit, upload my video on that channel. Right. Ah, fuck y'all. Damn, that's some <laughs> grimy shit. I yeah. never would have thought that that was the reason. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I fucked up. Damn. So, so how do you monetize? Like when you say that you started to make money or break even, like how, how did you start to make money off the channel if it wasn't from uploads? Okay, I just charging people. Even so, videos that I didn't shoot, you can upload it on my channel for a fee. Okay. Yeah. And that gets a little tricky though, right? Because it's like you want to make money, but then at the same time you want to keep the quality level high on your channel, which is always exactly. the, the thing as a videographer. Is like, where do you want to draw the line? Exactly. That's what I was like. If I could go back, well, it's kind of like, because like I said, a lot of artists, when they get big, they leave my channel. So mm -hmm. it ain't like these motherfuckers is staying here and helping me build. That's what I always liked about Cole Bennett too. He never, it's like he must have it in his contract or something to where if I shoot this video, it has to be on my channel. Even since day one, I've never seen his videos nowhere else. There was one video back in the day. I remember a famous Dex video. Oh, I thought it was a six nine video uh, that ended up oh. going on World Star, and that he shot it. And mm -hmm. I remember being, if if I'm not forgetting, but I remember just being really really surprised. Yeah, because Cole to me is kind of the extreme example of somebody who controlled the quality on his channel so much. Definitely. Whereas like a large percentage of other video guys that I've talked to or observed over the years, it's more like they just kind of have to hustle and they have to make money in the in the short term. So they end up kind of mm -hmm. at some point uploading videos that they're maybe not as excited about. Definitely. <laughs> I hate that. But yeah, that's exactly how it went. Yeah, that's the, the struggle. I had to swear off uploading music videos to the No Jumper channel at a certain point. Because yeah. for a minute there, that was like the main way that I had to make money because when YouTube hit us with that adpocalypse, we didn't really know what the fuck we were going to do. What's adpocalypse? Uh, 2017, like our YouTube revenue got cut by like 90%. And a lot of other YouTube channels had that at the same time. And that kind of really changed everything. Oh, yeah. You got to go into uh, survive mode after that. Yeah. That, <laughs> that got a little bit complicated. So who else do you shoot with uh, early on in your career? Because I, I saw that you shot with Youngboy at, at an early stage. Yeah, I shot with Youngboy. That wasn't even really just early in my career. That was a little, that was a little later, kind of. What was the scenario that caused that to happen? Um... Shit, I woke up one day and um, his manager was posting on Instagram. He was saying, uh, we need a videographer in Dallas. And they flooded the comments with my name. Really? So he DM'd me. He was like, meet us at the mall at 10 o'clock. This is 10 a.m. Meet us at the mall. What year are we talking? This is 2019. Okay. So young yeah. boy's already pretty big at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge. Huge. So, um, yeah, this is 2019. It might be 18. It might have been 18, too. I'm not sure. One of those years. But, uh. Yeah, I met them at the mall. I'm thinking we finna go shoot the video at me. We didn't end up shooting the video till like 8 or 9 o'clock that night. Mm. But, nah, it was cool. That was a cool experience, though. Right. So, yeah, are you? do you still like doing the run and gun style videos where you're just sort of hanging out with the rapper for the day and it's almost like vlog footage? Or do you prefer to do stuff where you're, you know, uh, like really having sets and like shit really organized? Um, Depends on the situation. I like. I still like running guns. Running guns. Running guns really just rule the game right now. It's it's not too many big budget videos that just pop off like that no more. Mm, videos like don't really go for the creativity. People would rather see you standing around on the fucking street than standing in a. You know, it's always weird for me when I click on like a drill video mm -hmm. and then they're in like a big you know studio with purple lights and shit. And I'm kind of <laughs> like. 
this doesn't feel right. Like right. the people want to see you actually in it's the streets, which shit, yeah. not saying that you should be doing that because realistically <laughs> you're going to get yourself killed. But like it, yeah. the fans want to see that shit. Yeah. Right. No, definitely. Yeah. I shot a lot of uh, videos in traps and kitchens, right? Traps and kitchens. I was man for, for like three, four years. It was traps and kitchens. You go to my YouTube, you don't see nothing but kitchens. <laughs> yeah, why, why is that? The kitchen's just one of the that's, best lit that's rooms. That's trap niggas' favorite. That's trap niggas' favorite room in the house. Right, because they the can kitchen. Point, they can point at the stove. <laughs> and <they're> like, <laughs> you know, where I do my thing. You know? They love that kitchen. Pull the Pyrex out. You got like a lot <laughs> yeah, of like oh, what? easy accessories what? right there. Right, they're going to get that Pyrex every time. It <laughs> 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 put some baking soda in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little fake. <laughs> crack cooking like yeah I'm, I'm just getting started I'm not gonna do the actual yeah. crack cooking but like I got the baking soda but I you got know the I can cook some you, you know what's it. gonna happen here <laughs> exactly alright exactly um, alright so who else early on um hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price Priceline Young Boy, Fredo Bang, um, mm-hmm. Soldier Boy, Trippy Red, um, who else? Uh, I don't know. I shot a lot of people, bro. Um, who else have I shot? Am I missing somebody? Pro- uh, in terms of the early days, I mean, that's that does sound pretty complete. Oh, the, the early, like how early are we talking, though? Uh, you know, you talking about know. like big artists that I've shot. Just anybody that has like an interesting come up story that you shot when when they were smaller. Um, I was around Asian dog. I mean, anybody from Dallas, right. anybody from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, really. I was around them in the beginning stages of their career. Right. Yeah. Any anybody from Texas for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Asian dog kind of from the same class as Goyeo. Yeah, like yeah, came yeah. Out it's all the same, same year and yeah. shit, right? Yeah, same era. Definitely. Okay. And so, uh, at what point did you start to have to like make choices about who you fucked with based on who didn't fuck with other people? Because I feel like that's that's gonna happen sooner Never. or later, right? You you don't play that game. Never. Nah. Uh. Uh-uh. Not especially not in the city. Everybody know what I'm on. Everybody know I ain't choosing no sides or no bullshit like that. So I ain't never had to go through no shit like that in the city. Now outside of that. I don't know. But like I said, I done shot a video for Young Boy and Fredo Bang. Right. I don't know how they feel about it, but, you know, I don't know. It's business. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of like a cool style of video that we've seen emerge over the last few years, which I kind of think of as like really high quality vlog type shit, like certain little baby videos and stuff that I've seen where it's like, He's on the jet skis. He's walking through the mall, and like the shots look really fucking good. I call those lifestyle videos. Okay, yeah. That's like just a a day in the life, but in a music video. And the fans, I think, want to see that, whereas they don't want to see you in a fucking studio on a soundstage and whatever. That's the best type of running gun videos. But that shit only works if you got good activities going on. Right. We don't want to see you go to the corner store and <laughs> <laughs> come back home and play 2K. And if you're a little like baby and you just naturally have 10 hot chicks around and you are on jet skis and you're going to the mall and spending hella money and all exactly. this shit. This I'm sure they could shoot a music video every weekend. Yeah. Probably every day if right. they wanted to. But, yeah, they they live a different type of lifestyle that needs to be filmed. Right. <laughs> 
It's good for content. Definitely. So uh, what what other things were you having to do to make money over the years? Or was this like taking care of you since early on? Oh, yeah. No, nah, I never had to do nothing else for money. Okay. I've always been off the camera. Right. How much have you traveled, uh, like, in terms of going to other states and stuff? Has there... I done been all over the, all over the U.S. Um, I, I've never been out the country yet. Okay. I done been all over the U.S. shooting videos, for sure. That's a weird part about hip-hop is that you don't really have much of a reason to leave the country. Right. Until well, these you get really days, big. These days, you will. The U.K. rap scene popping like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But, yeah, nah, I never had to leave the country for a video. Definitely. Yeah. Do you do you aspire to like do bigger video projects like documentaries and shit like that? Or how's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I actually shoot movies, too. Oh, right. I've I seen that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I shoot movies, too. Um, I got a, a couple of documentaries that I'm about to start working on. So, yeah, I'm moving into more like the bigger. What kind of subject matter would you want to make documentaries about? Um, I really just I really want to make a, a documentary about the DFW music scene and like, like the real where it started in to where it is now. Mm-hmm. That's something that I want to do. Yeah. What do you think makes Dallas unique in, in, in terms of the country and in terms of Texas in general? Um, I, I don't, we, we different from every other city. Like if you go, if I, if I seen a Dallas nigga in LA, I'm gonna know you're a Dallas nigga. Hmm. You just can kind of, I don't know. It's like you can tell the way they, the way we talk, our haircuts. By the way, I'm not the, from uh, Dallas. I'm from Fort Worth, but we the oh, same. I see. I say it interchangeably, but I understand yeah, yeah, that yeah, this yeah, is yeah. not, to, to you guys, this yeah, is not Yeah, it's definitely a thing. big difference, but no, nah, I'm, I'm I'm Dallas and Fort Worth for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, the shag is just that that popular yeah, out there? Oh, what? It's still huge? Yes, Okay. Yes. Everywhere you go, you're going to see some shags. I remember when I first seen Yellow Beezy, I thought the motherfucker had a tumor or something. <laughs> Everybody. See, I never knew that it was a crazy thing. When I'm growing up, shags is regular. Really? I never looked at that haircut funny, but I, once it started going viral around the world, people like, what the fuck is on the back of their head? Shit like that. I'm like, right. that's normal. Definitely. That's a normal haircut in our city. It's such a weird concept for a haircut, though. To just have this like big fucking roll <laughs> yeah. back. Once you think about it, it is crazy. But nah, that's our city. Yeah, that's man. Our city. I'm still waiting for like a full on Afro revival because I feel like <laughs> the Afro is so tight. And like whenever I have a friend who's like hair starts growing out, and then they're like, "Oh, I gotta get a haircut." I'm like, "You should just let that shit rock." Just dude. a fool, just a fro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, how does nobody do that anymore? Cause I don't know. I don't right. know. It's gonna look like you from the eighties or some shit. Yeah, I feel like it takes a lot of work to like keep it oh, big yeah. and you gotta, round and you shit. You gotta blow that shit out. Probably a blow dryer and a pick. Yeah. Yeah, nah, I ain't no uh I ain't yeah. <laughs> now that you say it, it's somebody gonna do but it. But that's what I'm saying, is like if Playboy Cardi came out with a fucking a, oh, an man. afro tomorrow, we're gonna see it everywhere. A bunch of kids gonna have froze. And then we're gonna point at this conversation and be like, Adam was a genius. Yep, I'm glad I was a part of this. You saw the future. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, uh, okay, was Erica Banks your artist at a certain yeah. point? How did that go? Um, so we picked up Erica around 2019, 2020. Uh-huh. Um, she was, I ain't going to say she was my artist, but she was in our group. Mm-hmm. She was in our, you know what I'm saying? She was one of us, and I was, I was helping her went, uh, along her starting days. And then Carl Crawford yeah. swooped in swooped and stole in. her? Or what? <laughs> yeah, How did no, that he work? swooped in and— so I didn't have her on no paperwork, so it wasn't a, a hard thing to do. 
But it wasn't like he just stole her because she told us before, like, she was like, 1501, you know what I'm saying? They looking at me. We was like, shit, go do that. Because mm-hmm. we knew Meg had just left 1501. We already know Erica's style is similar to her. We already knew if she go over there to 1501, they're going to start making them comparisons. It's just good publicity type shit. But was that the plan at the time? Was she like, oh, you know, Carl Crawford, he going to turn me nah. into a toy soldier. I'm going to go at Meg. Yeah, it's going to be a whole other well, war. I don't know what they plan was over there. That yeah. wasn't the original plan. I don't know what they plan turned into when they got over there. But, right. yeah. I like nah. the idea of, like, a guy like Carl Crawford, though, like, just sort of assembling these chicks to go to war with each other <laughs> on his behalf. That's tight. <laughs> yeah, nah, that was, I don't know, man. That was, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what made her kind of, like, get off the Meg train or whatever, but right. she was kind of, she was a Meg fan. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Did the whole Meg, uh, Meg and Tori thing kind of tear Texas apart a little bit or? or well, no, that, mm-hmm. had, that didn't have no effect on Texas at all. You, you were telling me that the people weren't like fascinated by it and trying to figure out what happened and shit. I feel like people would be extremely I mean, interested. That was all over the world. It didn't change nothing about the Texas. Well, I don't know what it did in Houston. Right. But just hearing people from Houston talk, it, I mean, shit, Meg is so big now. She's worldwide. What she do don't just direct, just directly affect Texas no more. Mm. Yeah, she's huge. Damn. But Meg, Meg was also one of the people that I reached out to early. We never got to shoot. Man, I was supposed to shoot a video with Meg, and literally, like, the next month, she dropped a fucking um. Uh, um, big old freak got up out of here. It was over with. Right, because I mean, I I was doing those music listening streams back in like 2017 and 2018, heavy, and I remember somebody sending in her shit, and I watched it. But at the time, like my brain was kind of like very much like precautious of you're always cautious of a chick who seems like she was just like the hot ass stripper and that some drug dealer put a bunch of money behind her and was like oh i'm gonna turn you into a rapper and like i saw her you know i just kind of didn't take it super serious Mm -hmm. in retrospect i should have like paid more attention and like Mm -hmm. really honed in and shit but that that always kind of sticks with me of like you saw her before she was huge and you didn't you didn't get it now meg been tough since the beginning i was a meg fan way before Way before she dropped any of that extra shit, I, when she was just dropping twerk videos on Instagram, I, <laughs> she was already lit. Mm. She was lit. She been lit for sure. No, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so in terms of like, like how much did the the Yellow Beezy and Mo Three beef kind of change the city once that started cracking off? Because that's, that's got a, like, that's that's that changed the entire story of the city for sure. That was that's that's. That's the story of the city right there. I mean, all of a sudden there's bodies dropping, and that was that something that you weren't really used to in terms of being associated with the rap scene before that? Yeah, no, nah, we, didn't, we didn't have one of those cities where rappers just be getting killed and shit like that. Right. Even still, it's not a lot of rappers that done died. It's a couple. Recipes Mo3, Recipes BFG Strap, mm. but it's not, it's not that many rappers that just be dying like that out there. Yeah, because I had no idea how real it was, and then I remember I was at, there was, remember there was a huge Juice World, uh, Yellow Beezy, et cetera, mm-hmm. show in uh-huh. Dallas. Was Future on it? Yeah, Future was on there too. He didn't perform if he was on the on the uh, thing. but he was like, supposed to be. Really? Cause, okay, so I went out to that, and, uh, you know, I remember, like, seeing Beezy and just, you know, on some cool shit, whatever, and then I see video of Mo3 trying to get in because mm-hmm. they had added Mo3 to the bill, like, later on, and mm-hmm. apparently Beezy and them didn't know, and I think Beezy said, like, 
I'm not fucking with him coming backstage and being part of this or whatever. However it went down, Mo3 was not allowed in and he got arrested, I believe. Yeah. And it was this whole fucking thing. And that kind of caused me to be like, oh, okay. This isn't just some shit where they don't like each other. This is some shit where they really aren't supposed to be around each other. Yeah, and nah, shit. yeah, that, nah, that shit got serious. But like to y'all, this is this is just you know what I'm saying some shit y'all watching. But to us, we in the middle of this shit. This shit is going on. You know what I'm saying in the city. Like this is our local news type shit. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> on Facebook. Facebook is we a Facebook city. I don't know if people. Really? Oh yeah, we are a big Facebook city. If you want to get to the city. Like the the hood and the people that's just in the city, you gotta get on Facebook. That's crazy because then everybody's posting under their real names and shit too, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people still got their real names on that motherfucker. Yeah, it's super funny. It's like, but that happens in like Chicago and New York and shit too. Like, there's just certain cities that are still clinging on to Facebook. And, yeah, and another big one is Memphis. Memphis be on Facebook like a motherfucker. Really? Oh yeah. And it's yeah. always it's funny because like. A, a page will like like one of the fan pages will post up like look at this thing six hundred breezy said and I'm just reading it like well, how how is this six hundred breezy and then I'm like oh right it's just Antonio like, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> his real name like, yeah six hundred oh, okay. breezy definitely be on Facebook like a motherfucker <laughs> okay yeah but isn't there a limit on how many friends you can have people can follow you after five thousand oh, friends yeah, yeah. you can just get followers it's so. been years since I really spent a lot of time on yeah Facebook, that's why so. a lot of cities don't be on Facebook like that but we're one of those cities that's still Facebook heavy right. Definitely. So, okay. Uh, what's your policy on shooting diss songs? Um, long as you ain't dissing nobody. Well, I really don't do that shit no more. I've kind of, I've kind of grown past that. But back then, long as you ain't dissing, I can't even say that. I can't even say that. I was about to say, long as you ain't dissing one of my people. But shit, I was shooting diss songs, and damn near editing them motherfuckers in front of my people. So. I can't, I can't even but say does that. that seem like a mistake now, or was that just you kind of having to force yourself to be independent of all the bullshit? Nah, because um, I can't even say. Like I said, it wasn't no real like bodies just dropping like that, right? Behind the shit, the it diss was really just shit, some rap yeah. shit. Beef and diss songs are kind of whatever until, until they're waving a gun in the camera and saying, "I'm coming to your crib. This is your grandmother's address." Six. Oh, like, no, nah, they was doing all that. <laughs> it just wasn't nobody getting killed. Right. They was doing. They was doing the most, mm. but they just wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Actually, succeeding until motherfuckers start succeeding. Right. And so that made you kind of have to look at it a little differently? I just grew out of it. I just kind of got older. That's, I don't know. That's just some, I was some young nigga shit that I was doing when I was young. You know what I'm right. saying? I'm kind of too old for that shit now. Yeah. I mean, you always kind of run into that as a person who's creating content, even doing interviews oh, and yeah, stuff, yeah, you, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're pretty aggressive with like asking people about their issues <laughs> with other people and right. stuff. I don't really shy away from it. A lot of interviewers shy away from it for me i can't just leave that shit on the table like i want to know i gotta yeah, ask, you gotta you know? know absolutely it's fine if you don't want to talk about it but i gotta ask gotta ask but it's weird sure. being the video guy because it's like literally that music video wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you or it would have happened but it would have been on a different platform mm -hmm. if it goes on your platform that's when it starts to really See, that's, get sticky, that's, right? okay that's how my that's how my platform end up booming because like i said go yayo and the person that was dissing him spud boom i'm shooting both of their videos Uploading them both on my same channel. I'm talking about I'm uploading Go Yayo this day, uploading Spud Boom this back to him the next day mm. type shit. So that's how the traction started rolling in. Right. Beef helps. Uh, <laughs> beef brings numbers. I'll say that. Yeah. Beef definitely brings numbers. It just like long term can be weird for oh, yeah, your image. It, it definitely burns out and gets weird after a while. But yeah. 
It'll bring some numbers. Especially in a small city where there's like real, it's like easy for people to pull up on each other and shit. What? Because I seen on your channel you got a, a Kenny B doing Ape K, which mm -hmm. is dissing Ape Gang. What the fuck mm -hmm. is Ape Gang? I don't, I'm not sure. Ape Gang, that's um, that's some young niggas from Stop Six. Right. They um, some young blood niggas. It's a bunch of them. Shout out Ape Gang. Um, that's see, that's how fucked up the dissing shit is though. Is that I'm clicking on this and watching this, and I don't know who the fuck they right, are. Right, you don't even I'll, know who the fuck. But it dissing. sounds more interesting to hear somebody diss somebody than to just make a regular song. Yeah. I, I hate <laughs> that my brain works that way, but it's just reality. Yeah, it's right. different when you actually know the people they talking about and the shit that and the situations they be talking about in the songs and shit like that too. Mm hmm. Definitely. Uh, so like more more recently, I seen you tapping in with D Baby over the past couple of years. He's mm -hmm. been kind of blowing up. Like, was that just another? That was that just, that's straight from uploads. Mm. D Baby kind of he he was when he first started rapping. His manager hit me up. He started uploading on my channel. I've never met D Baby to this day. Really, I've never even had a conversation with D Baby. That's it's crazy. All through his manager uploading on my channel, he started picking up traction, taking off. Shit, that's wild because that's one artist that I hear people actually really talking about yeah, out here. Which hot. For an artist to go from like hot in Texas to hot in California, they really have to kind of rise to a certain level for people to start paying Definitely. attention. Definitely. You ever yeah. do anything with Splurge? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's little bro. Hell yeah. Splurge had a, a nice wave going for a while. He's yeah. he had my store all the time and shit. He was yeah. Sick. Nah, Splurge still out there. Splurge. He's still doing it, but now he's like a grown up. Yeah. He looks kind of. Like, he's totally still different. young though. He could come walk up to me on the street right now. I'm not gonna recognize him because he, I guarantee he doesn't look <laughs> like he used to. Right now he's still. Well, he don't got dreads no more. See, that's gonna throw me for a. Yeah, look. when yeah. you see when you think of Splurge when he first started, you think of the nigga with the little dreads and. Mm -hmm. Nah, he don't got the dreads no more, but. He's definitely he he haven't. He had that flow before like everybody else had it. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. Splurge came out with some different shit. Him and Beats by Jeff, they came with their own sound and kind of brought a new wave into the DFW with the no melody beats. He yeah. was doing beats with no it was straight drums or straight that? bass. Yeah, and there was there was just like a time period where I mean people were calling it the DMV flow, but I kind of felt like I heard Splurge doing it. Almost before I heard Hoodrich Pablo and all these other people kind of taking it to another level. No, I ain't going to say that. I ain't going to nah, say that. Because yeah. when Splurge first came out, everybody was like, everybody was saying, he sounded like Pablo 1. He sounded right. like Pablo 1. He's like a little baby Pablo. But he like, shit. Free so, my boy Pablo. I know I'm like one free of the Pablo. only. Free Pablo. I know only... Pablo too. All right, good. Because that's one person that I feel like, I feel like a lot of the rumors and shit about him were cap. And then I also feel like he gets talked about like he was a bitch or some shit because they were talk, talking about him getting robbed or whatever. Yeah. I don't personally think that because you maybe got robbed one time that that's enough for man, me. Man, anybody can anybody right? can get robbed. Hell yeah, that's just uh, man. A lot of niggas done got robbed fingers since. Fingers crossed. Since then, yeah, yeah, yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, that's man. That shit. That shit happens. But yeah, it did. It did affect his career. But he but, he's in there doing his time like a man, and I'm definitely oh yeah, yeah. I'm excited to tap in with him again once he gets out. Do you know when he's supposed to be getting out? I don't know. A few years at least, I think. Damn. But whenever I mention him, his Instagram account will message me and be like, "Thank you for." Mentioning him, so yeah, keeps me motivated. Yeah, mention one him. of the um, one of the rappers in our city um, kind of joined with um, Pablo One, Lil CJ Casino. Oh yeah, kind of went over there and joined with Pablo One. Them, he still be fucking with them and shit like that. NPR. Oh, so up. yeah, that's one of the people I came up with too, Lil CJ Casino. Right. So okay, how did you start your relationship with Sean Cotton? When did you guys meet? Man, me and Sean Cotton was in the streets at the same time coming up with the camera. So when I shoot a video, he posted on Say Cheese. Mm. So it was it was a hand-in-hand -hand thing. Kind of 
the content that I was doing and he was posting, that was where Say Cheese started getting his buzz. So he was posting music videos on the channel back then as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. But like um Texas artists was giving them a lot of other content to post to, like Sauce Walker and Mo3, Go Go Yayo. They just they they the type of niggas that'll get on live, Instagram live, or just say some crazy shit all the time. So that's he was constantly having shit to post. But yeah, it was a lot of music videos at first. Were you looking at him doing the interviews and were you like, that's an interesting way for you to be going because it's kind of different. Like I felt like a lot of people didn't see the vision or how much value there was in creating content early on. Nah, nah. We always knew when Say Cheese first came out, we knew it was special. We was on Say Cheese when it first started. It was already a big thing in our city. Mm -hmm. In our city, it was always a big thing when Say Cheese came out. So, um, nah, it was never weird to me. It was never weird to me. And I still don't have a Say Cheese interview to this day, Sean. Really? So are you guys back on better terms? Because I know at one point you connected him with a guy who was supposed to fix his car, and then the guy ended up kind of <laughs> being shady. And I was watching an interview clip from a few years ago, Sean Cotton talking about this, and he was still like yeah. not stoked on the yeah. fact that he like lost five grand on his car repair. Yeah, no, or that, was, that was his favorite car. He, uh, Yeah, that was my brother fucked him over on that one. But I... I, we we was never on bad terms. Like me, and, I had never had no beef with Sean Cotton or no shit like that. But he was just standing on business. My brother did some shady business with him, so he was like, "Shit, we say cheese will not fuck with nobody in y'all group." Mm. All right, cool. I had to take that one on the chin. I don't know. Maybe after he see this, Sean, maybe I can get a. So you haven't talked to him in a few years, or oh, no, no, no. We talked. I didn't talk to him for sure. Okay. I talk. We still talk all the time right. on Twitter DMs and. I just seen him in person not too long ago at a Charleston White show. Okay. Yeah, no, nah, we it's it's all cool. It's all cool for sure. Right. I mean, I always thought he was interesting because he's apparently made a lot of money over the years with signing artists and stuff. So mm -hmm. he can kind of like use the interview thing to sign artists that he's able to meet early on, which mm -hmm. I've never really been able to do both at the same time. I'm like so focused on the content that I never really yeah. even tried to sign artists. But yeah. it's uh, that's like a really kind of ingenious way to use your platform is like care less about the views and more about being able to just use this as a way to tap in with the artist yeah, real grabbed, early. He grabbed a couple art like Splurge. Sean Cotton was the one that grabbed Splurge. Early. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Sean Cotton the one that grabbed Splurge. Um, Splurge. Uh, I want to say Cash Page. Um, oh yeah, she's dope. BFB the Pac Man. Shout out my man BFB. Yeah, I wonder if That's he's still boy. is he still a mailman or? <laughs> nah, he, I, I don't think so. I think I. Think he got enough money to quit that job? Because when I interviewed him back in the day, he, he was saying like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stay a mailman forever, or until I like really make a shitload of money from music and stuff." Yeah, so no. I always wonder like, is he he's, he's still grinding with the music? But did he at some point leave the? I mailman ain't seen him post no mailman shit in a minute, so I'm pretty sure he he off that job now. But okay. I know he getting rap money like a motherfucker. Really? So he's popping right now? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. Pac Man still moving around. Yeah yeah. I've always thought he was dope, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, nah, Pac Man super. Dope. That's my boy. Definitely, yeah. Um, okay, and so you mentioned Charleston White. What's it been like to see him just become like arguably the biggest star coming out the city? So the first time we ever seen Charleston White, he was on the news <laughs> snitching, snitching, going <laughs> against Goyeo. Yeah. So like I said, I was in Goyeo camp. So we like, so we all like, man, what the fuck? We ain't even, he wasn't even Charleston White at this time. Like, he was Charleston White, but he wasn't the Charleston White that but we But he's know. on the news as, like, community activist. Yeah, he was yeah. just a regular pedestrian. 
And then <laughs> shit, he turned up on our ass. He shit, he turned into Charleston White. I mean, because LA kind of has that version of it too, where there's a bunch of dudes who can be like, I remember when he was out here trying to be a crip and trying to hang out with all these like <laughs> gangster dudes and shit, and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, swearing death upon the crips. Yeah. Who? Charleston, because he's you know talking about how much he hates gang members. And oh wants yeah, them all yeah, locked yeah, yeah. Up all this shit. Oh yeah, now nah, here, yeah, now nah, I fuck with Charleston White though. That's my that's unk man. Right. That's unk. But now nah, we when Charleston White first came out, everybody hated him. I sat there and watched everybody go from hating him to loving him because he he like he one of them guys you just gotta love because he he say some real shit like mm-hmm. whether you want to agree with him or not he gonna say some real shit. To get you on his side for sure. Yeah, it's weird. To, it's it's like hard to square the fact that he does say so much real shit and is so funny and so has such good observations, but then at the same time, he does sometimes say like the worst shit you ever heard in your entire right. life about wanting gang members to die, wanting rappers to die, talking about Blueface's kid, he, how he'll place a bet that the kid's gonna die, <laughs> all this shit. And then, you know, even like the stuff talking about raping Jewish and Asian babies and killing babies. All, all he gonna this. say, he gonna say whatever. But then he also will say, he's talking about raping white women, but then he'll say, I was playing a character. Right. Which is weird because that sounds like such bullshit, but then once you've actually watched the real him in interviews and stuff, you start to realize, like, I guess that is a character. because bullshit. If you know Charleston White in real life, you will know, man, that nigga is the coolest nigga. (laughs) Man, all that, the shit he be saying... And he gonna stand on that shit too. He he gonna say that shit, and if you uh, approach him in, in real life, he gonna stand on it. And he's gonna pepper but spray you. A lot of oh God, <laughs> pepper spray, whatever he got in his arsenal. You kind of motivated me to get some pepper spray it, and a knife I'm and shit. Because it's like, you. let's be real. A lot of situations where you end up in a situation, you don't want to shoot the person. Yeah, you just want to get them off you. But you can always pepper spray the <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you know? Charleston going to pull out that motherfucker pepper spray. Yeah, shooting no, somebody sure. in the mall is like your whole life just is going to yeah. turn into chaos right. after that. But you could bust a pepper spray cl- cl- cloud and, 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 and just get up out of there. Yeah. Like <laughs> get up out of there. <laughs> no, nah, for sure. Now, I got a, uh, we, I'm on a, I'm on Charleston White's podcast now. I, I, they just added me as the. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? Game related, the game, game related, related podcast. Right. Okay. Know, yeah. yeah, me, him, and Dewberry. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Um. All right. And so, uh, you said that he's the new Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. In what way exactly? Man, because he speak his mind, and he stand on and he stand on what he talking about, and he's a community activist. That's the real Charleston White. Cares about the youth. Mm. He's trying to change. The youth, the the uh, he what Charleston White to tell you, I don't give a fuck about no grown nigga. I can't change no grown nigga. I give a fuck about the kids. Mm-hmm. He's trying to change the upcoming of you know what I'm saying. The next generation, right? He don't give a fuck about no grown up. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he says that seems really offensive at first, but when you really drill down into it, it's kind of like, obvious. damn, he was right. Yeah, I mean, like, all the <laughs> anti-street shit or all the anti-gang shit, it's like, well, it is kind of hard for me to sit here and, like, argue with you. Like, right. That, it's real. Absolutely right. If you're a young kid and you decide to start hanging out with gangs and shit, it's probably not going to be a great decision for your life. Definitely. Yeah. He'd be absolutely right. So I, I agree with him 100% on that shit. So how do you get shot while doing a video? Um... Man, I was out, out, out in the Grove. If you from Dallas, you know, you know about the Grove. You know what the Grove is, man. Me, 
I'm not knowing how serious the Grove is at this time. What is the Grove? Is this an the area? Grove is Pleasant Grove. That's a yeah. That's a that's a hood in Dallas. Okay. That's a hood in Dallas. Um. So yeah, we out there at the corner store shooting a music video. Somebody, I don't know where they came from. I still didn't see no car, no nothing to this day. Come spray the video shoot up. Um, and this was a time where, so you know how cameramen, they got always got their little stabilizers, and right, I didn't have that at the time. Oh. No, nah, I had a, 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 a hover. I had a hoverboard. Oh, really? I was on the hoverboard using that as my in and out. Yeah. Shooting you while you're on a hoverboard is the ultimate disrespect. <laughs> That's fucked up. Imagine that. You out here trying to have fun. I'm trying to have fun. I'm shooting a video. They start spraying the video shoot up. I jump off the hoverboard, so I caught one in the back of the... I ain't going to say I caught one because it wasn't just... It didn't just hit me like that. It grazed me, but... Okay. It's definitely, it definitely left a mark. Grazed your leg or what? My leg, yeah, the back of my leg. Did anybody else get hit worse? Yeah, somebody got shot in the dick. What? I say, I'm looking at this man right in front of me while we ducking bullets. He's talking about I'm hit his whole lap. Bloody. I'm like... But I can't say no. We still hiding under cars, ducking bullets and shit. But yeah, somebody definitely got hit that day. Holy shit! Imagine never being able to use your dick again because you got shot. And him. this is I'm out here with a whole bunch of niggas that I don't know. I've never I, I you could place every nigga that was out there in front of me today. I wouldn't know who they are. You're, you're I'm just, just young and naive and just yeah. being like, fuck it. I'm out here just exactly. shooting a video. It's I'm just shooting a video. I don't think. And this is the first day that I got my first car. Oh. I got my first car on this day. Imagine if I was out there and they did that shit and I had to go hitch a ride. <laughs> this is the day I got my first car and I go out there and that shit happened. So luckily I was able to just get in my car and drive off. And you had to go to the hospital or not? Nah? nah, cause I just got grazed. I went to the tattoo shop and patched that shit up. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Patched it up like what? Like I was, I was my leg was bleeding. Oh, I what, they have like some a, fake skin type shit that look, they put over. No, it? no, no. Like a first aid. Oh, I okay. put a little band aid. I put a little peroxide, a little band aid on it. You know what I'm saying? It was cool. You really meant for this life. <laughs> <laughs> you got shot. You didn't even give a fuck. Like huh. I went to the tattoo shop. Damn, that's grimy. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, but was that the beginning of you really kind of changing your mentality on the content? Because yes. a lot of people have this story. Like, Vlad has stories about how he would pull up and shoot a video on somebody's porch in the middle of Compton, and the mm-hmm. whole time they're looking both ways, and they got the homie standing right there ready to shoot something. But, yep. I mean, you could have 10 homies ready to shoot something, and this shit goes down, Man, you're still just a random white guy standing when there. That shit happened, when that shit happened to me, it was literally every nigga out there was pointing guns in the camera, doing all this shit. Shots start ringing off. Everybody ran. Really? Because we didn't know where it came from. They yeah. don't know where to return fire to, so everybody just running. Holy shit! So all that having guns and videos and shit don't <laughs> don't mean you on defense. But what's the vibe like out there in terms of firearms? Because like for us in New everybody York, in Chicago, one. yeah, everybody got to be hella low key about it in LA and Chicago and New York and shit. But then meanwhile in Texas, it's a lot looser. Everybody laws, right? has one. Really. You'll be lucky to find a nigga without a gun. Really? Everybody got one. But you go to the club or a party or like a club or somewhere where you have to get frisked on the way in, everybody got to leave it in the car, right? No. Well, in theory. Well, in theory, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with the best security, I guarantee you it's at least five niggas in the club with a gun on them. Yeah. Because we know the security. The yeah. security is local too. Right. When I go to the club, security don't check me like that. And depending on the club that I go to. Right. So if I want a gun, I can have a gun. Were you a fan of Tack Stone at any point? 
I seen the, the early the, days of his podcast. Nah, I seen the only text on um um interview I ever seen was the one with him and Meek Mill. Oh yeah, in the yeah, car. Yeah. In the car, right? Yeah, that was the only one I ever seen. Because that that was an extreme example. Because he was at a venue in Times Square that is like the most. It's like being in fucking Disneyland. It's like the right. ultimate spot where you would think that nobody's getting a gun in. Right. But he got it in because he apparently walked around the shit. He probably knew the security, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up killing somebody, and now he's gone for like ten years right. or fifteen years. And wasn't or that shit self defense when he did it? Uh, realistically, he was the only one who had a gun, so oh, <laughs> probably <shit>. not. <laughs> Damn. And also in New York, I don't think that there's like self-defense laws like that. Like you're basically, if you shoot yeah, somebody. Yeah, I'm about to say, guns is not, they, crazy, they ain't yeah. fucking with guns in New York. You get 10 years right. just having one. But you don't need to, to, to go buy a gun in Texas. You don't need to, you could just be anybody. You could just be a, in a, Texas, a meth head and you could just walk into the gun store. You can buy a gun from Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. No kind of background check or nothing. Nah, especially, and they just made it to where you don't even need a license to have a gun no more. You You can have a gun. So you feel like that makes the city feel safer or more dangerous? Because like in L.A., similar vibe. You go to a certain functions and events and stuff, and you know that a huge percentage of the people have guns on them, but they're all illegal guns and or not legally being ca- carried in this situation. And so it's yeah. you end up with a situation where it's like there might be less guns in L.A., but only the the strapping young bucks who are down to carry the, them have the, them. Exactly. If a motherfucker is a criminal, going to have a gun regardless. Exactly. So... In Texas, whether you're a criminal or not, you got a gun. Mm. So I, um, I say I definitely will say it's safer probably because it ain't. I ain't gonna say motherfuckers just don't be wilding out there, but it's not as bad as other city other cities with stricter gun laws. Mm. Motherfuckers be getting shot, but it's not that bad like that. Right. But yeah. you you have to conceal it, right? Because yeah, 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 yeah. Because like I remember ESTG telling me that in uh, Louisville that you're outside walking down the street in his neighborhood, people are just walking around with Dracos and shit, and just they don't ha- they don't have to hide it; they can just carry it in their hand walking down the street. Yeah, no, nah, in Texas, um, you definitely got to have a conceal. It's definitely concealed carry. You got to have like a holster or something like that. But I feel like people be having like. The, rifles on their back and yeah. yeah like but that's only like white people you don't mm. never see no niggas walking around with no rifles that nah that ain't happening yeah I feel like it being concealed is a good compromise because that, somebody walking down the street with a Draco is gonna fuck the vibe up <laughs> you know what <laughs> nah, I'm for sure. you're scaring the hoes for sure what? <laughs> <laughs> definitely scaring the hoes that's what the are you doing with that yeah <laughs> but I remember actually from talking to dudes in Chicago they basically informed me that a, if you don't have a gun, every girl's going to think you're goofy, and most of the girls have guns. Oh, yeah. Which was kind yeah. of eye-opening when I heard that, because yeah. my bitch is just not the type of whatever, even <laughs> look at a fucking gun, so. Right, no, nah, of... yeah, no, nah, that's how it is in Texas, too. Hmm. Every girl got a gun. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Damn. And okay. we'll pop your ass, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's what's the status of your relationship with Rainwater? I know you guys were going back and forth a lot. You still got issues? Um... Me and Rainwater never had no serious issues. We was on some back and forth riff raff competition. My art is better than yours type shit. Okay. But I, I I don't know. Rainwater just not my type of guy. Really? He's he's not somebody I hang with. But you know, he cool. How'd you feel seeing him barking at Trap Boy Freddy in the parking lot? He knew. He knew. He knew what he was doing. He know. He knew. He that knew. he was basically doing it for the camera because of obviously. Course. Freddie ain't gonna do nothing in this environment. Oh, man, Freddie got bigger shit going on than than to be out there just 
woofing with rain like that. So yeah, no, nah, that no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> interesting. So to bring it full circle, how'd you actually tap in with uh, my man Tony Woolrich? Man, I've been knowing Tony since like we grew up in the same city. So t- Tony like viral moments and shit like that. That's nothing new. He been going viral, having fights and uh, just lives and shit like that going on in the city for years. Tony been everybody in Fort Worth know who Tony is. So he, when you see him pop up on No Jumper as the gay crip, that must not, have been fucking hilarious to you, right? Not a, he was a gay. He was the gay crip when I shot his first video, oh, okay. like three years ago, mm-hmm. and it kind of went viral, went on World Star and shit like that. It's the gay crip, but once he came up here, it went. You know what I'm saying? Much bigger, but because you have him sitting across from some crips who really some real crips from L.A. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's different. But nah, yeah, he been he been on that gay crip shit for years. But so it didn't go that viral in your city. In my in the city, yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But people weren't mad about it, or of course, (laughs) of course, the crib niggas do not. But they ain't gonna. I ain't gonna say they don't like it. But it ain't like nobody just gonna find Tony and just beat him up like that because they know Tony. They respect him, I guess. But it ain't ain't like it ain't like nobody just pressing them about it Hmm. and no shit like that. But they they don't like it, right? But, but he really, like, made the most out of that O.G. Percy cosign. Because, like, <laughs> we didn't even know who O.G. Percy was. we just seen pictures and been like, well, was this old crip apparently yeah. is cosigning nah, him. No, so. O.G. Percy been one of them. He was he certified. O.G. Percy certified. When, when O.G. Percy was locked up, niggas was talking about O.G. Percy. I remember somebody posted some shit roasting O.G. Percy's daughter on the Internet a couple years ago. And motherfucker was like, nigga, this O.G. Percy daughter. You don't know who you fucking with, type shit like so, right. t- type shit like that. Like so, yeah, no. Nah, OG Percy been around. He 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 certified for sure. Right, definitely. You a huge Sauce Walker fan, or like how, how do you view that the role of the Sauce family in uh in my Texas? boys? I, hell yeah, I love Sauce Walker. That's my people them. Right, that's my people them. Yeah, they that was we we all was in cahoots early too. Sauce, Rizzo, Peso. Yeah. Man, everybody over there. I can't even just name because there's so many of them, but everybody over there. Walker dude. asked me to go to a show a couple of weeks ago out here, and I said I would go. And, you, you know, you say you're going to go, and then, like, yeah, actually yeah, yeah. a bunch of shit happens, and you don't end up yeah. going, and it hits me last minute, like, you're coming, and I'm like, God, I feel like a fucking <laughs> asshole. I feel like a dick. I'm like, damn, I actually like you, bro. Like, I, I wanted to go, right. but I got shit with my kid and my girl. And, and now, Sauce Walker show is a different experience, though. That motherfucker is that... That's a good show. Well, that's what I wanted to see in L.A. Yeah. is what kind of crowd he brings out. Yeah, nah, that's a good show. Sauce Walker going to put on a show, Every, even if not on the stage. So, you know, Sauce Walker going to put on a show. Because he's going to be getting in the in the crowd and shit. Oh, yeah, he do all that. He mm. do all that. Definitely. So, all right, what are the, the trends that you see going on in terms of the, the Texas music scene? Or is there any artists that we need to really be on the lookout for at this point? Um, hell yes, a lot of artists. Um, it depends on what genre you're looking for. Street shit. Street shit. If you're looking <laughs> for some street shit, you need to be listening to Zillionaire Doe right now. Okay. YSN Barrio. Um, Kev got bands. Kevin got bands. Um, of course, Big X the Plug. Oh, yeah. But that yeah. goes without saying. Fat motherfucker. Um, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, of course, Trap Boy Freddy, Get Money, Little Runny. Um, Man, I could go all day on some street rappers. It's, it's a bunch of street rappers out in. Cause you shot for Big X the plug early on too, right? Yeah, he broke off my platform. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was doing. I do music. Matter of fact, I do music reviews because of you. 
I did. I think I invented that. I don't. I, yeah. I don't know if you invented it, but I I can tell you right here to your face. I do music reviews because of No Jumper. No cap. I have a very conflicted relationship with that shit because on one hand, I never really was able to develop like a style of live streaming because people just started donating for me to listen to their shit, and then that <laughs> kind of became what the shit was. Is right. every time I went on stream, it's like okay, I'm listening to music for eight hours. Yeah. Now the the positive side of that is uh, I'm pretty sure I made like a couple million dollars off of doing that shit. Type shit. The no, negative sure. side is that it's just like for a while, every time I go on stream, it's just song after song. But I feel like the shit kind of cooled down because during the SoundCloud era is when it was just yeah. insane. Yeah. It was, now, it was crazy. That's. I, once I seen y'all doing it, and matter of fact, Tony Wilrich, manager, um, Supreme, he was he was the first person I seen doing music reviews in Texas. He brought me on this show, and then I did music reviews with him. I waited like a year, and then I started doing them on my own once he once he stopped doing it. Mm. But um, and it was uh, Bob's manager. His name was TJ's DJ, TJ DJ or something like that. Okay. He was the very first person I ever seen doing music reviews. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it's crazy because in theory, if doing that could help you like find artists before they crack off and shit. Correct. So but, with that being said, yeah. I was doing music reviews and I found Big X the Plug. Mm. Uh, Big X the Plug sent this song in the music reviews and off rip, he sounded like how he sounds today. Right. So we like this nigga is special. So I shot his video. I shot a couple videos for him. They start taking off, and now you have the big extra plug that you know today. But yeah, his first like real surgence of some buzz came from my music reviews. Right. I definitely saw Juice World on a music review stream before he was signed or anything, and for I real? didn't put the pieces together. I listened to Lucid Dreams and didn't realize. That it was a huge. Wait, he sent smash. lucid dreams in on music reviews before he was signed or before anything. I think that part of the problem <laughs> is that like you're listening to like 400 songs in a row, you're right? And they get all tiring. just start to blend together, and it's like <laughs> yeah. I can't tell the difference between this one and the 50 other fucking right. emo songs right. that I already listened to tonight. Which when I think about that, it's like, damn, that's that's kind of shameful. Like I should <laughs> really, really tapped in there. Yeah, Imagine he was a no jumper artist instead of a fucking no limit artist. <laughs> nah, for real, Juice is huge. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a time. Rest in peace. Nah, for sure. But okay, what are you uh, working on now? Like, like in terms of like you're still doing music videos on a regular basis, but you're trying to think mm -hmm. about some bigger ideas and yeah, shit I as well. Yeah, I still do music view. I mean, music uh, videos, music reviews. Um, right now, I'm, I just started my new series of uh, Behind the Bars. That's my live performance platform. Where, right, yeah. Yeah, so that's my new shit, Behind the Bars. It's a uh, where you come perform your song. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the hanging mic videos where it's like just your song over. It's like live audio. Okay. Like, like you're on the stage. You have to actually perform into this mic type shit. That's challenging, right? Because a lot of people can make a song in the studio or they can lip sync to a song, but they cannot fucking perform a Definitely. whole song. And a lot of a lot of rappers these days, um, they punch in. Yeah. So they be rapping over themselves. And once you try to get on the mic and rap that punch in shit, mm -hmm. it get tough. Oh, yeah. It get real tough. So, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, but it shows who the real artist is. I have to tell people that sometimes. Like, you know... He could never rap this verse like this in a million <laughs> right, fucking never, years, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> You'll never run through that just off one take. And people complain and they'll be like, I went and saw this person live and he was just he was just <laughs> lip syncing. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand that he could never rap that. Never. Yeah. Now, yeah. Especially like Pablo One. Pablo One raps like his last bar. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? It's intertwined with his next bar. So, yeah, shit like that. Yeah, it becomes like an art project at a certain point. And it's not <laughs> really like, it's like you're making a beat almost. Like, take these yeah. chunks of me rapping and just cram and just them come, together. Yeah. 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 But, okay, so you're doing the documentary thing. Like, how, how could people get on the uh, this this performance thing, the behind the bars thing? Um, DM me. Oh, we actually taking it on tour right now. We finna go city to city. So you can go to behindthebarslive.com. And once we put your city up there, you can sign up. And you know what I'm saying? We'll be there. We're going Fire. bar to bar. Every city, different cities, different bars. People probably want to know this. Half Pint Thumbs from Texas. How much lean you drank in your life? Never. Never. Not Never. even once. Not one sip. Probably a good idea. Not one sip. And that's what that's a lot of that's a uh a misconception about me. A lot of people think I got my name from lean. Right. They hear half pint films, they think Oh, that's some Texas shit. He drink lean. Nah, never sip lean a day in my life. Never right. will. Never interested. You know, pop pills, no, nothing like that nothing. ever. I smoke weed, drink liquor. Right. I ain't never. Nah, I don't do no drugs. Yeah, those are pretty harmless compared to the lean. Exactly. <laughs> the, the lean is also so expensive that that's a big part of why it'll fuck your life up. Yeah, that too. That too. That's an expensive habit. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the people I've known throughout my life who spent some time hooked on lean uh, just did not work out. Once well. I heard motherfuckers start saying two hundred dollars a line and shit like that, I knew I'd never sit that shit. Because yeah. two hundred dollars for a soda is insane. Yeah, I bought some five thousand dollar pints in my day. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck. It's just <laughs> insane. Once you even get halfway through and you're just looking at it, you're like, what the fuck? Like, am what I doing? am I doing? It's a bad idea. <laughs> like, I'm not even addicted to this shit. I'm just doing it to fuck around. Like, just yeah, nah, no, nah, nah. But yeah. that's Texas culture though, for sure. Yeah. So we grew up around it. Sipping lean is a huge thing in Texas, mm. but I never got into it. Are we seeing a lot more uh, heads up fades after Rizzo, Rizzo, and Maxo Cream fought in the parking lot that one time, or, or is, is that back in style? A little bit uh yeah right now actually the celebrity boxing is true taking over right now so motherfuckers trying to get their scratch in but now nah, yeah when rizzo and mexo did that it, it um it persuaded a lot of people to you know what i'm saying right go and get out there but goyeo was one of the first goyeo and sauce walker was like the first Texas rappers that you can like go on YouTube and watch their fights type they shit. They fought like, and people recorded that? I didn't even know that. Yes. Oh, it might be Goyeo was viral for his fights, damn near more than his music. Right. He was beating niggas up. And so was Sauce Walker. Uh, Sauce Walker had a couple of them out there. He was beating niggas up in the mall. and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was yeah. the dude uh, that he fucking. Or he, he fought the dude in the mall and then Beat King made a song about him fighting the motherfucker in the mall. Remember this? Did he make did he, B King make a song about at that about time everything. B King was making a song about anything <laughs> that was viral going on B King was making a song about it yeah that's another person I came up with from day one too B, B King, King really yes wow. there you go yeah from from day one yeah. well not from his day one from my day one right do the, yeah. cl the clubs do the clubs make like a huge difference in terms of what music cracks off in in Dallas or in Texas these days uh not so much right now mm. but. A couple years ago, yeah, I wanted to get back to, you know what I'm saying, where the club's breaking music, but it ain't really too much music breaking hmm. off in the clubs like that. It's kind of interesting because it's like, that's like typically going to be more pop type shit. Whereas like a lot of the shit that seems popular these days is more street type music mm -hmm. that doesn't really make sense in the club. Right. No, the shit out there, dude. Motherfuckers, yeah, hell yeah. Street shit is, really? that's all you going to hear in the club. Mm. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, all right. Anybody you want to shout out or anybody you want to uh, – anything you want to tell the audience? Um, 
if you're a rapper, <laughs> go to BehindTheBarsLive.com and sign up right now. You know what I'm saying? So when we come to your city, you can get on the platform. Um, shout out Top Off Entertainment. Uh, shout out, shout out, uh, shout out, uh, uh, nah. <laughs> 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 this is the part where you uh start trying to think of names and motherfuckers you say you left them out and shit, fuck all that. But yeah, nah, yeah. Shout out my people now. Yeah. Facts. All right. Half Band Films. Everybody watch this. Hopefully you uh picked up some game. Get get motivated, go out there and make some fucking money with a, yes, a camera in your computer. That's all it takes, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah, it did. Well, a lot a lot of hard work. Yeah. yeah. A lot of hard work, but yeah, <laughs> camera in a computer. The show. All right. I appreciate you, man. Half Band yes, Films. No Jumper, my guy. Much love. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, etc. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support.